word of the Lord. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings 19. And we're going to look at verse, let's read, um, we'll just start at verse 1. We'll read through verse 8. How many still believe this book is alive? Amen. I believe this book is alive. I don't believe that it's dead. I don't believe it's outdated. I don't believe it's antiquated. I don't believe it's mythology. I believe it is the living, breathing word of God. And if we will have ears to hear what the spirit, you know, there's no lack of God trying to speak into your life. Everyone says, I wish I knew what God's will was for my life. I wish I knew what God, wish I could hear from God. God's trying to speak to you. The, the, the problem that we have is not a lack of God speaking. It's a lack of me hearing. That's why scripture says repeatedly, brother Bill, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit would say to the church. Well, are we already in the book? And so I want to hear what the Lord has to say to me today. If you want to hear it, say amen. amen. First Kings 19, we'll read verse 1. We'll read down through verse 8. Uh, if you have it, say amen. amen. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also. If I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. She is threatening Elijah. She says, I'm, you killed my prophets. Now I'm going to kill you. And when he saw that, verse 3, he arose and ran for his life. And went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. And then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank. And he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Horeb, to the mountain of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. I want to preach to you for a little while. I feel something. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't like to overstate things. I don't like to make too much of stuff. I don't like dramatics. Not really into all that. But I do want to say I feel very heavy uh, in my heart today that this uh, is a word for us today. And uh, if you'll allow me, I want to share it with you. I want to hear what the word of the Lord has to say. I feel like God wants to minister into somebody's life today. If you want it to be you, just lift your hand and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, we need you right now. Lord, we need your word to speak to us. We know that your people are already blessed. We know that your word is already blessed. And so I pray that your blessing would be upon me now, that you would bypass my carnal mind, let your word accomplish what you set it out to do. And you tell us in your word that it will not return to you void. And so we trust you in truth. We thank you. We will be quick to give you the praise. And it's in Jesus' name that we ask it all. Everybody said amen. Give the Lord a great praise as you're seated today. Praise God. In our text this morning, 
uh, Elijah in the previous chapter, Elijah uh, has just finished, uh, he's the prophet of God and he has just finished confronting the evil king Ahab married to the evil queen Jezebel. He has just finished confronting them and their prophets, the prophets of Baal. And uh, you'll, you'll remember, some of you may know, may be familiar with the story, so I won't belabor it, but it is where he has challenged them uh, to uh, uh, call on their God and see if their God answers. And so, uh, Brother Brett, he gets them all together and they, uh, uh, they, they start to pray and they start to sing and they start to dance. And the prophets of Baal are uh, trying to get Baal to respond and Baal doesn't respond. And Elijah starts to mock them and he says, hey, maybe he's asleep. Maybe you should yell a little louder. And he starts to make fun of them and say, you know what? I bet he's in the bathroom. Maybe he went on vacation. He doesn't have his phone with him right now. I, he, he can't hear you. And so he's mocking them. And this just only increases what they do. And so the prophets of Baal try harder and harder. They begin to cut themselves. They begin to bleed their own blood on the altar and still no answer from Baal from sun up uh, until the sun starts to go down. There is no answer from Baal. And then Elijah takes a bucket of water and he pours buckets of water over the altar that he has built. And he prays a simple, uh, he prays a simple uh, two or three minute prayer. I think it's like 60 words in length, 40 or, or 60 words, something like that in length. I don't remember exactly. He prays a simple prayer and says, God, we know that you're the God of heaven and earth. And we want you to show right now that you are on the throne and that you're the one that hears and answers prayer. And so Elijah prays this simple prayer and the Bible says instantly a cloud of fire comes down and consumes the sacrifice and God answers with fire because he is the one true living God who hears both hears and answers prayer can somebody say amen to that and so, of course, uh, then, then uh, they begin, violence breaks out, and the prophets of Baal are slain. And so this brings us to our text this morning. Elijah had just finished challenging and exposing the complete fraudulence of the worship of Baal. He is not real. He is nothing but an idol. He can't hear you when you pray. This idol that you worship cannot answer you when you call out to him. He doesn't care about you because he's not there. You can cut yourself all you want for Baal. He doesn't notice your wounds. You can bleed all over the sacrifice to Baal. He is disconcerned with your blood because he is not there to care. He has just exposed the utter fraudulence of the worship of Baal. Can I just interrupt myself right here for about two or three minutes and remind everyone in the house that your idols don't care about you. That the things often, I tell you, I feel the Holy Ghost in here today. I want to tell somebody that the things that you and I worship do not hear you when you pray to them. They do not hear you when you cry to them. The things that we give our lives to, they don't care about you the way that you care about them. It is bondage when we're in idolatry. It is bondage when we worship things in this world. It is bondage when anything other than the worship of the one true living God directs and orders and orchestrates our decisions and helps us navigate our way through life. Brother Allen, it is bondage when we are in idolatry because those idols don't exist. The things that we worship, we worship money and we worship substances and we get uh, we get trapped in, in cycles of 
people and power and things that we chase. And I want to remind you today that just like Baal, they can't answer and they can't satisfy and they can't hear. But oh friend, I I came to preach to you an old fashioned message this morning that there is a God that there is a God you can cry out to that hears every prayer and sees every tear and knows what you're dealing with. There is a God who is on the throne today. He is the one true living God and he loves you and he died for you and he hears you and he's here today to step into your story. Oh, someone praise him right now. I'm preaching to you today what to do when you're tired. Look at somebody say when you're tired. What to do when you're tired. And so Elijah, I need to settle down. Look at somebody say, this is all right. We're okay. I'm gonna, I told you I'm going to settle down. And so Elijah had just finished exposing the complete fraudulence of the worship of Baal. He has just shown them. He has just decidedly shown them that everything you believe is worthless and it's false and it can't do anything in your life to help you and that there is a God in Israel, Jehovah God, the one true living God and we know that he has all power in heaven and earth and that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and that he sits on the circle of the earth and that he is from everlasting to everlasting, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. My, anybody feel what I feel? It just showed them that everything they believe is false. And everything that Jehovah God is, is true and real and powerful. And he probably thought, what do you think would happen? You got to understand, they were on Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal. I mean, this was not like something they did. This is not something they did in some uh, secret room in a private area. And they said, all right, let's trust this out. They were on top of a mountain. Everybody looking. The prophets of Baal gathered there by the hundreds. He's just exposed it in front of everyone, the complete fraudulence of their idol worship. You would think that if on, can you imagine if it was on CNN and Fox News and NBC all at the same time, live stream millions of viewers and everybody saw of what the power is in the name of Jesus versus everything else. You would think, well, that's going to do it, right? You would think, well, that's it. Now everyone's going to believe and everyone's going to know. And, and, and you would think, well, we've settled the, we've settled the issue now. But that's not what happens. It's not what happens. You see, Jezebel isn't interested in facing the fraudulence of her belief system. She's not interested in it. She's not interested in recognizing the emptiness of her worldview. Instead, what she would rather do, Brother Allen, is silence the one who has spoken truth and exposed the fraudulence of her belief system. Now, now I, I need to hurry on. I, I, I can get sidetracked real easy, but I need, I need to hurry on. But let me say this. We can point our finger at Jezebel and shake our head and we could say, boy, isn't that silly? Can you believe she did that? But you and I do the very same thing today. How many knows there's people all over the world that do the very same thing today? That there are people that they know and we've, we see it right now. I'm not going to get political. We see it right now in our culture. People can... Can I get a witness from anybody? Do you know what I'm talking about? We see it right now in our culture. People, Brother Bill, can be, they can have evidence in front of them, absolutely, undeniably true of, of the, the, uh, uh, of, of the emptiness and of the, uh, the falsehood that exists in their worldview, and they don't want to believe it. You and I do the same thing sometimes. Because to somebody who wants to believe something, no amount of evidence can dissuade them. 
If somebody wants to believe a lie is true, no amount of truth will cause them to believe that. And to somebody who wants to believe, Brother Kevin, that something is true, there's no amount of doubt or discouragement that can stop them. It all depends on what do you want to be true. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of people just like Jezebel that even though their fraudulence is exposed, they would rather silence and kill the one who has spoken truth than to walk in truth themselves. And so here's what, so I'm, we're, we're getting somewhere. Are we okay? Look at somebody say we're okay. I don't, okay. And so the Bible says that Jezebel sends a message to Elijah and says, I'm going to kill you. She says, I don't want to hear of you anymore. You've killed all my prophets. So now guess what? I'm going to kill you. And so the Bible tells us that Elijah runs. You can imagine how Elijah feels. He's tired. He's just proven the point. He has just stood in front of the king and the queen and the prophets of the largest idol that is worshipped in Israel, proven them all wrong. And now they want to kill him? He's tired. He's exhausted. He's at his wit's end. Anybody ever been there before? Can I get a witness in the house? Anybody ever been in a place before where you didn't know how you were going to put the next foot in front of the other? Where waking up tomorrow, you set your alarm at night and maybe wish it wouldn't go off in the morning. Can we just be, is this all right? Is this too much? Can I get a witness in the house from somebody? Have you ever been tired? And so the Bible tells us, here's what Elijah does. The first thing he does when he's tired is he runs. Bible says he takes off running. Let me tell you something. That's the good thing that that's something you ought to do when you're tired. You ought to run. When, when you have got something that is chasing you, you ought to run. When you've got something that wants to kill you, you ought to run from it. When you've got something in your life that wants to bring you down, you need to walk away from some things. Let me tell you something. The reason a lot of us are tired and the reason a lot of us are exhausted and the reason a lot of us aren't walking in victory is because we've been sticking around things that have been draining us for far too long. The reason that you are tired is because you got a hole in your bucket and it doesn't matter. Am I talking to anybody in the house? You got a hole in your bucket and it doesn't matter where the how much water you pour into it until you plug the hole it's never going to be enough it doesn't matter how much victory you walk in doesn't matter how much you get filled up with the holy ghost it doesn't matter how much that you walk in joy and peace it's always leaking out because you got a hole in the bucket because you're hanging out with stuff that's trying to kill you and you're letting stuff reside in your life that is constantly draining and working against the work of the spirit the lord said i will not always be in conflict my spirit will not always always be in conflict with man there's a point where you've got to run from some things Uh, can i get a witness in the house you've got to run from stuff that's trying to kill you you've got to run from stuff that's trying to drain you you've got to run from some stuff you've got to learn to flee paul said youthful lusts Uh, you've got to learn to run from some things Uh, i don't know about you i am tired of participating in things that are trying to bring me down Uh, i am tired of attending things that are hurting my spirit I am tired of being a part of what is ailing me run Elijah if it's hurting you run if it's not blessing you run if it's trying to kill you run is this okay am I okay 
Can I have a few more minutes? Am I in the book? You got to run from some things. But I came to talk to somebody this morning. Here's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Number one, run, Elijah, but don't run alone. See, Elijah's got some problems. He's doing some things right, but Alan, but he's doing some things wrong. You ought to run from things that are trying to kill you, but don't run alone. The Bible says he ran, but he left his servant behind. It was his servant who had been with him the whole time. It was his servant who had been his right hand all that time you ought to run Elijah but can I tell you today don't run alone oh friend you ought to stick with the people who have walked with you this far you need to stick with the people who've been praying for you who I feel something in the Holy Ghost you ought to stick with the people who've been blessing you and praying for you and encouraging you somebody been telling you let's get to church run with them somebody been telling you I'm praying for you today run with them somebody you've been resentful of because they send you messages every Saturday night saying you want me to pick you up on Sunday morning and bring you to church and you've been resentful of them but I came to tell you today that's your best friend because they're trying to take you to the place where you can find healing and hope and restoration run Elijah but run with your friends oh someone praise God right now my 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 run friend but don't run alone how many knows there's people in here today that'll run with you Come on, how many knows there's someone sitting by you? How many knows there's someone across the aisle? Anybody, can I just get away from somebody in the hand that the reason you're here today worshiping the Lord in your right mind? Anybody got a testimony? The reason I'm here today is because there was someone in here who ran with me. There was someone in here who prayed for me, fasted for me, gave to me, loved on me, run, but don't run alone. Praise God. Look around at who's been on your side. Run with them. Lift your hands up all over the house. Anybody feel the Holy Ghost speaking to you? Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need you. Run, Elijah, but don't run alone. So Elijah runs. I'm hurrying. Can I have about five or ten more minutes? Are we, am I okay? So Elijah runs. And then the Bible says when he finally gets away, He sits down under a tree and Bishop, the Bible says he begins to pray. Can I tell you, friend, this is what you ought to do when you're tired. You ought to run and then you ought to pray. How many knows that prayer is the key? Prayer is the answer. Prayer is the only... You're not going to find victory not talking to God. You're not going to find your hope avoiding the voice of God. You're not going to find your way through your exhaustion and fatigue and difficulty by avoiding the voice of the one who loves you more than anyone else could ever love you more than you love yourself. You're not going to find your victory not hearing from God so pray you ought to pray you ought to that's what you need for your problem you need to quit listen you need to quit I'm telling you for I'm fixing the metal you need to quit arguing with each other and punching holes in the drywall you need to quit kicking the dog and kicking the cat you need to quit yelling at your kids and slamming the door and grab your kids and grab your spouse and get on your knees and you need to pray 
go to an altar go to church get in the living room put everybody to bed you say we don't we can't do it we got to get away that's fine put everybody to bed kneel at the foot of your bed in the darkness in the quiet and call out to God as much as you can you need to pray that's what you need to do pray Elijah but oh Elijah you need to run but don't run alone and you need to pray but look at what he prayed the Bible says he sat down and he prayed look at this now verse 4 oh Lord take my life Elijah you need to pray with bland but don't pray Jezebel's prayer that's what Jezebel's praying for him that's what Jezebel and Ahab want for him. You need to pray, Brother Kevin, but don't pray in agreement with your enemy. Don't start. Come on. Preach it. I love church. I love preaching. I love teaching the word of God. I love it. But I am under, I am under no delusion that the most impactful thing you'll ever hear in your life is going to come from anything that I say over the pulpit. I know that's not true. And do you know why I know that's not true? Is because the thing that you and the voice that you and I value most is the voice that is in our own head. You trust yourself more than you trust anyone else because you've been listening to yourself more longer and more uh, uh, more faithfully than you've been listening to anyone else. Uh, and so I say that to say that the most important sermons are the sermons that you preach to yourself the most important prayers are, anybody hearing what I'm saying the most important things you say are the things you will say to yourself uh, that will last longer than anything I ever say and anything Bishop ever says and anything Pastor Jeremy ever says because you trust yourself more than anyone else so you've got to be careful what you preach to yourself uh, you've got to learn how to preach real good You've got to learn how to stay in the book. And when you start preaching to yourself, you need to shut up with all of that. Well, I guess I'm just forgotten. I guess I'm a loser. And really nobody cares about me. And I'm really not going to make it through this again. And I always fail. And I always get it wrong. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I see There's some of you. Some of you. The reason that you're struggling to live for God. Is it all right? I feel like I'm in the Holy Ghost today. I don't want to take more liberty than I ought to. Bishop can sit me down any minute he wants. But I want to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost today that the reason that you struggle so long is because your internal monologue is in agreement with the enemy. You need to start speaking in agreement with the Word of God and with the Spirit of God. You need to start telling yourself, I am the head and not the tail. I am blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed going in. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Whoa, I am with you always. Even to the end of the age. Don't yet pray, Elijah. But don't pray Jezebel's prayer. Pray in agreement with the truth of the word of God yes. Hallelujah. lift your hands one more time I'm almost done 
praise God. Put ourselves in agreement with our enemy. When we start praying Jezebel's prayer, well, I might as well just die. No, you might as well live life and that more abundantly. Say, well, I guess I always get it wrong and they don't really care about you. No, you need to understand. You are the apple of his eye. Jesus. I know you're tired. I know it's been long. Someone just lift a hand with me right now. My. You feel that? I know you're tired. I know it's been a long fight. I know. Praise God. I know you're tired. I know that it's been a long fight. I know that it's been months, maybe years. You've been praying for an answer. But can I speak to somebody in the spirit today? Don't start speaking and praying things that are in agreement with the will of your enemy. Start speaking and praying what God has spoken over your life. Finally. And I'm almost done. They can come to the music. It'll help you think I'm going to quit. It'll... Run. What to do when you're tired. Run. But don't run alone. Pray. But don't pray the enemy's prayer. And finally, he says, rest. Go home and take a nap. That's my prescription for you today. Yeah, I'm going to go home. I have to get a hold of this and I got to do this and I got to do that. Stop it. Go home and take a rest. Rest. How many knows you make your worst decisions when you're tired? Mind the book? You, you make your worst decisions when you're tired. Listen. There ain't a person alive that doesn't know about Fruity Pebbles. Is that fair? We all know about Fruity Pebbles. Everybody likes Fruity Pebbles? Give me a wave. Anybody? Okay. But if someone were to ask you, what is the best thing for you to start your day with? Right? You wouldn't say, good hearty bowl of Fruity Pebbles. But most of the time, now, I'm going to get some amens on this. Most of the time, do I have anybody in the house that's like me? That it's 11 o'clock at night and you're exhausted. You just need something. I got folks nut pointing at each other. Is what I, That's what's happening, right? If you can see what I see, there's folks, you know. Give me a witness in the house. How many knows? 11, 1130. That's when you go pour the cocoa pebbles. Look at this. All, look at this. All over the house. That's when you go pour fruity pebbles and cocoa pebbles. We, Brother Short, we make our worst decisions when we are fatigued. And so Elijah here goes and he rests. How many knows that's what you need is to rest? 
you need to rest in God. You need to rest in the name of Jesus. The prophet said, this is the rest wherewith he shall cause the weary to rest. The Holy Ghost indwelling in your heart. He said, this is the rest. You need to recharge. You need to refresh. Listen, you're not God and even God rested. This will be a good chance. Husbands, wives, look at each other. Look at your kids, look at each other and say, you're not God. You've been wanting to say that. Some of you already said that on the way to church this morning, didn't you? You already said that on the way to church. This is your second time saying that this morning. He's angry and yelling at each other and you got in the car and slammed the door and said, you're not God. You're not God and even God rested you need to rest you need to recharge you need a Sabbath Jesus said this man wasn't made for the Sabbath the Sabbath was made for man it's to your benefit that you rest you can't run on empty